Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit piranagear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Wilson and Dan Williams. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul with Karate Cafe. That's right. We are back. Back and better than ever. And <laughs> and oh, and I think you heard the sound in the background. Why are we better than ever? That's right, because we have a good friend, Dan Williams, back with us. Dan, how are you? That's right. Hey, how are you, Paul? All right, doing good. Uh, I actually had a request. I had our good friend Alex Haddix gave me a call last week. Yeah. And and said, uh, you know, you know, how how are things going? Haven't heard the podcast in a while. Heard a couple of episodes, but where's Dan? Yeah, and I've been MIA for quite a while now. Yeah, I had to let him know that you and you are here of your own free will. It's not just because I let you out from the basement, right? Yes, that's right. right. Well, so, you know, I mean, I had to beg a little bit, but. And, you know, it's, well, you're getting tired of the, just the raw meat that I've been throwing down there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dan's, Dan's been uh, otherwise engaged, and uh, I've been doing some minisodes, but now today we have a great interview uh, for you from uh, with a guy named Matt Page. Some of you might not know Matt Page, some of you <laughs> do, but many of you out there that listen to this podcast and are martial artists in general probably know of a little man that we like to call Master Ken. Matt is the creator and star of Enter the Dojo, the finest martial arts podcast with the um, correct amount of reverence for uh, those of us who uh, enjoy martial arts as we do and and also enjoy the, the lighter side of martial arts, the stuff that... Uh, you know that, that doesn't make it into the uh, the the Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that. The, <laughs> the silliness, the 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 Hall of Fame members, uh, uh, call it what you will. Uh, anyway, a few years ago, uh, Matt started this, and um, he it's taken off like wildfire. It's on its uh, I think it's getting ready to go into its third season, and uh, we're gonna he's down in the green room right now, and we're getting ready to have him on. All right, Paul. Well, let's uh, go. Let's go bring him out. <laughs> Yeah, you you want to get everybody out of the room now that you've been released and freed and, and running right. around. That's right. Uh, you probably actually ate all the snacks that were down there. I actually had Dan locked in the green room here at the massive Karate Cafe studio, right. uh, and we will get him on uh, in just a minute. Uh, first, I just want to let remind everybody that uh, summer's coming to an end. Uh, back to school. If you got to buy stuff for your kid, karatecafe.com slash Amazon. Go buy some stuff and help the show. Anyway, we will be right back with Matt Page from Enter the Dojo. Okay, everybody, we are back, and hot and fresh from our fantastic green room is Matt Page, the creator, star, and all-around guru for the best show on YouTube, Enter the Dojo. Matt, welcome to Karate Cafe. Thank you very much. It's great to be on Karate Cafe. Thank you for that great introduction. That's very flattering. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time to do this, too. We think of ourselves as My pleasure. Yeah. A little tiny corner of the internet is our tiny podcast, so it's... uh, Quite the honor to have someone that's so internet famous on our show. Oh, thanks. So we, we, you know, well, we, we, uh, I don't know how, how big our show is now, but we certainly, you know, we, we were very, very small when we started out as well. So yeah. I understand. All right. Well, cool. Well, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Matt, why don't you give us a little, uh, background? I'm sure there's probably many martial artists that, that, watch the show <laughs> as well yes. as uh, a lot of non-martial artists, but, uh, I didn't know. Until I just kind of assumed, but I didn't know until I actually went to your uh, production site that you study martial arts as well. So what's your background in the martial arts? Uh, I studied uh, Okinawan Kempo and Kabuto. Um, I started when I was, I think, about 16 um, under Sensei Rich Pelletier uh, uh, back in Maine, and he was a fantastic instructor. He actually just passed away uh, from, from cancer, but he was a fantastic uh, uh, martial artist and a fantastic teacher got certified in first degree black belt there. And then I kind of bounced around, uh, over the years. I studied stick fighting, knife fighting, Aikido, boxing, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of bounced around and then, uh, found American Kempo, 
which I had always wanted to learn uh, through the Jeff Speakman system and um, got the second degree black belt in that and um, still in touch with those guys. Still, uh, um, but I, I kind of have kind of gone back to jujitsu now. I'm kind of back on Brazilian jujitsu. Oh, wow. And that's like, okay, so correction. My second favorite show, cause my, 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 first, my favorite martial arts show is uh, Perfect Weapon. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a fun movie, man. I was just browsing on Netflix for Speakman movies because he's, uh, you know, the, his fight scenes were always some of my favorite to watch because they were just, they were so fast and well choreographed that uh, it was just fun to watch. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the director's name of Perfect Weapon. I want to say it's Mark DeSalle. He did uh, Kickboxer too. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he only, yeah, he only did like he only directed two movies. And I think the other one was Kickboxer. But yeah, Perfect Weapon was a big that was a big deal to me when I was a kid. Uh, and so when I saw that there was actually a Jeff Speakman franchise in my area, yeah, uh, I signed right up and started learning all that kind of cool Kempo stuff that I'd always seen in the movies that I wanted to learn. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny too because you can tell. Um, I don't know when I watch action movies, you can you can tell the difference between the the Matrix movies where they take an actor and try to make them a martial artist, and where they start with a martial artist and try them try it and try and make them an actor. Um, there's a there's a huge quality difference in the performance that I see anyway. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that that. Uh there was this very particular brand that I, you know, used to exist a lot more, it seems, than it does today, where people would get known for their martial arts ability and then they would become yeah. actors to showcase their martial arts ability. Now it seems like it's reversed. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, because they can do a whole lot of stuff with CG and they can actually kind of make them look and wires and whatnot and make them look like they can do something, you know, without actually having any training. Right, yeah, and I think that's kind of I, th- I don't know I, I I go back and forth on it because I think there's some actors who who pull it off really well, but I um, well, one one compliment that I got when we started doing the show was that a few a few people in the martial arts world started contacting me and said that they they <laughs> felt that they were pretty sure that I was a martial artist because of the yeah, way that I moved and they yeah exactly and so I yeah. thought well that's that kind of gives us some street cred I, th- I think if we were just a bunch of actors. Who were trying just to, making you were fun a of a bunch of comedians trying to do a comedy show. It wouldn't. It wouldn't feel the same. Right, right. If we were just trying, we were just like just kind of viciously making fun of martial artists without coming <laughs> from that world. I think that that people would be pretty turned off. But the fact that we come from that world, at least I do, um, yeah. uh, gives us uh, some leeway. Right. Yeah. I mean, if uh, I don't know if you ever actually listened to our show, but. Uh, we we one of the reasons that I really loved uh, Enter the Dojo was because it, you know we're fairly irreverent. We we have our own uh, unofficial Hall of Fame, and it actually has a, a, a weight requirement, you know. And uh, you know, so it, it when we, when I first saw, it, I was like, this is a guy who gets it. This these are our people here. Yeah. This is awesome, right? You know, and and Dan and I have a video background. I was like, I, I would love to have done something like this. Dang, yeah, right, that, that bastard. Right. <laughs> well, and I even uh, I was kind of hesitant to do it because uh, Danny McBride and Adam uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell had released that movie. Foot, uh, this, Foot way, this way. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Uh, correction. My third favorite show uh, is End of the Dojo. <laughs> My second favorite show is Foot This Way. That's yeah, actually, there you go. It's awesome. Um, but I thought that that was really limited in what they had done. It, uh, it was specifically Taekwondo. They just did the one movie. They never really did anything else with it. And uh, that sense of humor was uh, a bit darker. I think the movie was a lot darker than we go. So I thought, well, maybe we could do a more playful version of it. Yeah, I think that, um, I guess for lack of a better word, that movie seemed a little bit more, well, manufactured or scripted than than right. your stuff is. Because I, I always get the impression that um, the, the, the place that you create these from is from a, a, a place of actually having been through some of these things before yeah well we you know the the second episode from season one is called uh groin sparring and um <laughs> i've told told people quite a few people this now in, in interviews but that's from a real that that was a real thing i went to a school that said that they only recognized uh the groin as available as the the valid target and then they made me fight a woman for my first fight and and you said man i can i'm going to use this later in my life for sure <laughs> yeah i remember looking around there were just so many situations where people would say and do these things in dojos and i would look around and think does anybody else think this is funny because this is weird man <laughs> yes um, we do 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that, or what's going on here? Yeah, that's you know one of the things that we uh, talked about when I when I got involved with Karate Cafe uh, was the two guys that started it. You know, that was what we talked about. It's like this is like sitting around and shooting the shit in the in the the change room, you know, and it's right. like, you know, we, we've all, we've got that guy. We've all these people that all these personalities that we uh, encounter in martial arts. It's like, it's in every dojo. So that's yeah, why right. it's not just karate. It's not just Kung Fu. It's whatever. It's, it's everything. So, you know, it, you run into the master kins, you run into, you know, uh, uh, oh, I'm blanking, uh, the, the sort of, you know, common sense guy who's like, well, we really can't do that. That's, that's insane. You know, there's, yeah. there's, right. there's all those people, the true believers, the, you know. The, you know, you, I, a, a buddy of mine was telling me that, um, well, actually, wait, what was, this, this was, uh, you, Paul, you were saying that you had a what if guy in your class the other day. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Here's yeah. the technique, and okay, what if I do this, and what if I do that, and what if I do right. this? I'm doing, <laughs> dude, it's a drill. Just let it go. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's don't get me I, I just kind of calmed down from that one well hey okay then let's let's go ahead and, and since we're talking about that anyway let's circle back so what uh i guess you've obviously got a a, a production background and then what led you to go ahead and say okay let's make a show well you know the uh people were making uh web series uh that was kind of becoming a buzzword uh and and some people in Albuquerque uh New Mexico particularly Albuquerque and Santa Fe have a very vibrant um independent filmmaking scene because there are a lot of movies and television shows shot here and um people were getting into this web series thing so I worked on a couple of them uh I acted in one I was the director of photography for another and then I just decided you know maybe I could try my own and I had gotten obsessed with um Ricky Gervais's um, yeah. ver- version of The Office. Um, I was watching that thing like every night for a year. I just couldn't get enough of it. And and so I wanted to do that, but in a world that I was familiar with. And so I just sort of started collecting all of the stories I had from all of the bizarre experiences of being a martial artist for the past 15 years and found that I had quite a lot of material. So I, uh, I wrote up a, a script. Uh, I think it was three episodes i think we wrote three episodes and and i got my friends together and said i don't know if this is going to work but you know let's just do let's just do three episodes and see what happens because i had i had i had witnessed um the the other two shows that i had worked on basically shot their entire show before they found a fan base um i think that's a mistake i think if you're going to do a web series i think that you should just do a little bit and then see if people are watching and then go from there and you're doing it. I mean, you're using. Uh, I, I guess I'm assuming your school is that the school you train at, or is um, it's it's a school that's part of the franchise that I that I did that I did train at. Um, uh, uh, this gentleman named Joe Conway runs a school called ABQ Karate, which is Jeff Speakman franchise, and um, he plays Todd, the uh, tall blue belt that appears in a lot of the videos. Yeah, and uh, he's a great guy, and he he opened up his studio. I kind of told him what I was thinking, and he said, "Well, you know, I don't really have classes on the weekends, so if you want to shoot on the weekends, just come in." And so we've got this amazing uh, actual karate studio that we can go in, and and whenever we have a weekend where we want to do do the show, we can do it. That's great. And so of are course, you still, are you still training then, Matt? I just recently have been training again. I, I spent quite a lot of time out of uh, out of the world of martial yeah. arts because I was too busy making fun of it, and uh, <laughs> and then I've, I've more recently begun uh, really kind of getting serious about uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu again. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm sure it. some of them were like, "Yeah, you come on in here. We saw your show." Right. I mean, that's yeah, that's part of the reason that I kind of I I kind of get nervous about going anonymously into dojos because I'm just like, are they going to look for some payback here or what? Well, well I, I was without the mustache, they can't that. tell you, right? Yeah, right. That's the thing. Nobody recognizes me without the mustache. Oh, I bet not. Oh, and I gotta ask. Uh, so, is the ponytail fake? The ponytail was real. I grew that out for season two. Okay, because because oh, in season two, I just moved to Austin about a year ago, and I said, it's like, you know, I'll go ahead and start growing my hair back out again. It's you know a little more liberal here and whatnot. And I started growing my hair out, and of course, you know, I'm running my class, <clears throat> and then season two comes out, and I queue it up. I'm like. That son of a bitch has a ponytail. I gotta cut this off now, Because <laughs> now I, you know, I might as well take the sleeves off my gi now. Right. <laughs> well, I, I kind of had an intention with that too, because I did, uh, kind of had the Chuck Norris hair with season one, and, um, had uh, more of the Steven Seagal hair with season two, and then season three will go with a different look. 
Oh, okay. See, so Karate Cafe listeners, there you go. You have a little, little, <laughs> a little insight. insight track on the hairstyles. <laughs> exactly. Which you know. So now I'm trying to think. Is like, well, if you can do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you got to be bald. Right. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. You got to have it high and tight for BJJ. Yeah, well, so I'll he, do something uh, probably that is uh, referential to. I'm a big fan of, of uh, Van Dam, so I'll probably do a Van Dam kind of haircut. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, which one? Like hard target with the, with the mullet. Man, oh. I wanted to. I really, I that that was the one I was thinking of. I wanted a mullet, but we couldn't really swing it. So we, uh, I, we, we shot some of season three already, and kind of went with uh, with some spiky hair, uh, you know, kind of like death warrant kind of ah. look. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Uh, so, and, and uh, your crew is that are those guys you train with, or that's uh, just local actors, guys you know from production work. Um, yeah, the the actors that that are on the show are actors that uh, some of whom I had worked with before, some of whom I hadn't. Um, ben uh, Ziegler, who plays Billy the Crazy Brown Belt, uh, I went to college with him, and he's a he's a talented actor. Uh, lives here in um, in New Mexico, and um, Juliet Lopez, who plays Cynthia. Um, uh, I met her in Santa Fe and did a lot of short films with her, very talented actress. And then, uh, a few of them I hadn't worked with before. I hadn't worked with, uh, Rachel or Alex Knight really before. And they, uh, they turned out to be great. And, um, uh, they're just these really talented local actors that, um, that uh, are not local anymore, by the way. Rachel and Julie now live in LA. So we got to bring them in every time we want to shoot, which is becoming, oh, it's the downside of, uh, of uh, having uh, having people who are talented at what they do um uh because they they get more and more opportunities so I'm 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 having to plan further and further ahead to bring my team in to make the show wow, wow. the curse of success that's right yeah it's uh, it's a, it's a blessing uh blessing and a curse um but that's why we also uh, have these sort of spin-offs these bullshit videos and tiger wisdoms and um right. uh master ken's privates that now that we started that uh are a little bit more accessible easier to shoot depend on fewer people yeah <clears throat> and so how do you uh are you like literally just kind of driving in the car and going like what would master ken say about blah i mean or do you have a writing <laughs> session or are you just training and like, man you know, that's a master ken saying right there let me write that down right yeah i mean some of it just comes up uh from from things that have happened, some of it comes up from uh, from uh, possible people offering to collaborate. Um, sometimes we just have a really good day. Like today was a great example. We went in there with maybe about half of what we were going to do scripted, and then we just started riffing. And uh, my my co director Adam Rotler and I were just in a funny mood, and we just we came up with some we shot some really terrific stuff today. Other days it's like pulling teeth, man. We're sitting there for an hour in silence, awesome. just being like, what if? <laughs> what, what if Master Ken said this? And we're like, no, that's not funny. And, <laughs> and we'll just do that all day, you know, until we come up with something that we think is presentable. So it's, it's, at times it's really easy and at times it's really, really hard. Uh, um, but I still, you know, part of the reason I want to get back to training in martial arts regularly is because it also provides a lot of material. I can't help it. You know, whenever I'm training, I'm just thinking that's, a, that's an episode right there. I think the, the best place for that, that kind of fuel is, uh, going to tournaments. And oh yeah, and you see the the more what what should I say the fringe type dojos kind of coming out of the woodwork sometimes. Absolutely, and uh, it's just like I say, it's it's especially funny when people take themselves just way too seriously. Oh, well, you, uh, I was down in Houston the other day, or going to Houston anyway. A friend of mine sent me a link to some some place, and this guy he he was he taught urban and jitsu. <laughs> and I'm like, what is urban ninjutsu? And you read right. down a little bit, and it's parkour is what he's what he's trying right. to teach. You know, uh, and I'm like, that's not ninjutsu. That's just some froggy French stuff. I don't know. And, right. and and I'm like, okay. And then you read down, and you just read this, and then so the, the guy, I guess, because he taught parkour, and he was trying to give himself some cred, he said that he was a a covert uh, a covert private consultant for uh security teams and 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 special ops groups and blah 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 and of course i was thinking well you're no longer covert covert because you just told everybody on your website you are you know and but just like this whole big (laughs) write-up this card you know yeah this whole big write-up of like you know how and he he trains with you know hakaheim and you know and all that stuff like that which is is cool but it's like you basically you're teaching parkour and trying to make it martial arty yeah, you know, the ninja thing, man, we got, uh, uh, Master Ken got the most death threats, uh, uh, of anything we did when we did the, uh, 
uh, ninjutsu is bullshit followed up by the uh, stop ninjutsu PSA. Um, I had no idea so many ninjas were online. Um, well, of course not. They're ninjas. I mean, no. you would think, right? You would think that they'd be out uh, throwing stars and climbing trees and stuff, but they, they apparently are uh, are spending a lot of time on YouTube because they were very angry. Ninja uh, are at, everywhere. And as, right. as dangerous and violent as they are, they're very emotionally sensitive, too. Aren't they? Because they're mostly the uh, mentally unstable. <laughs> they were very threatened by by the prospect that what they had been training in was not was not valid. They were very hurt. We heard a lot of ninja feelings. Oh, Somewhere in ninja is crying. Well, you know, I, it. It, it's funny because I see a lot of that in the online um, social areas of martial arts and there's there's actually a, a substantial number of people that are very insecure about their martial arts and and what they're learning. Um, yeah, and, so, a, and anything tied into it. Yeah. Well, you know that's a that's a good point. So, Enter <clears throat> uh, the Dojo, in my opinion, kind of really took off. I mean, I had a lot of people, you know, on Facebook sharing links like, "Have you seen this?" And I'm like, you know, I was kind of a you know Enter the Dojo hipster, and like, dude, I saw that like two months ago. Come on, what are you talking? About? <laughs> and uh, and so, what on your end? How have you seen it explode? Because it seems to me like it's really ramped up. I mean, season one, season two, working on season three now. Uh, yeah. It, what has um, been? What has been the, the? I guess the your, your numbers as far as like your your biggest numbers, and then two, what's been the response in the martial art community? Well, you know, it's been um, it, it increases uh, incrementally, uh, just like you know, we get little. We have lots of small victories. And then when I'm right about when I'm the most fatigued and think like I don't know if I can can keep it going or keep up with the schedule, then we'll have something really wonderful happen. Yeah. And a good a good example is this Master Ken's Privates video we we just released last Tuesday. Um, normally, when we release an episode, if we release a Tiger Wisdom, we're good for like three thousand views in a day, three to five thousand views in a day. If we release a full length episode with all the characters. We'll get um, eight to twelve thousand views in the first twenty-four to thirty-six hours, but we released this one, and we got thirty-seven thousand views in the first twenty-four hours, and wow. uh, had sixty thousand by the next day, and Thank that's you. that's just terrific for us. We're, we're, we get we have massive viewership, and um, at each season um, we get we double the amount of exposure, we double the amount of viewers, we double. Um, uh, it uh, you know we got a million views with season t- uh, season one, two million views with season two, and we'll surpass the four million view mark before we even release anything from season three. Uh, so you know we just keep getting there bit by bit. Uh, uh, you know I've, a great idea that I hadn't thought of until very late in the game was making a a Master Ken Facebook page, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which seems so obvious, but I just never did it, and I I created it and just kind of put it out there. And I woke up to I forget how many hundred of uh, friend requests worldwide, but that thing we got to five thousand friends in no time. Um, That's excellent. Yeah, and it's it's great to have. Um, but there's still a lot to do. You know, we still we're just now kind of starting to mess around with Instagram. We um, we haven't done very much with Twitter. I haven't I haven't been really plugged into Twitter, but I just uh, I just started uh, doing Master Ken stuff on Twitter as well, and. Um, it's it's just it's just such a massive undertaking that um yeah uh, you know I mean that's but that's the the good and the good and the challenging thing about it is that each year it gets bigger and more uh more visible um but it it gets more challenging the workload increases every every time too so what's and, your uh your turnaround like so from I mean how quickly do you turn around some of these because some of these I mean like I say like Dan and I kind of have some video production background so you know yeah. we we have kind of an idea but, but I mean like that one episode you did with that was like um uh, the opening was like uh, walking dead just oh, yeah. me. i was like that's that's amazing we you were know? so proud of that man i i we were and all big walking that dead that was fantastic fans. we were we were all big walking dead fans and and we brought a you know a buddy of mine had a red camera and we normally oh, wow. shoot on on lower grade cameras because you know it's it, when releasing online we don't need you know massive yeah. uh, 4K files or anything. But we said for this, why don't we like just take an afternoon and bring yeah bring the red in and shoot like a shot for shot match of Walking Dead and just see who wow. notices. And so you get uh, we shot were, 4K then. Uh, we shot. I think we shot it all at 2K. Okay. Um, uh, but it was it's still you know we had some nice lenses on it and it it just looked it was just 
cool. It was just cool to mess around with that stuff. So we, you know, we get ideas like that and we'll spend like a whole afternoon just on something that goes by in 15 seconds. And then other days we'll, we'll shoot two full episodes of the show in 12 or 14 hours because we have to, because we have to wrap everybody out and get them, get them back on a plane. Uh, Um, so it's, it, it fluctuates a lot. And, And the post workflow, as you can imagine, actually editing the show and, and getting it, uh, presentable, is a massive undertaking as well. Yeah, I mean, when I just when I just shoot stuff in in the dojo, in my dojo, just like you know, little videos for the students, it's like I'll shoot it and I'll look at it like, ah, oh, it's crap. I need to, <laughs> you know. And I mean, and that's just that's just stuff that I'm shooting, you know, for like here, just so you don't forget this. But I mean, that's got to be, uh, I mean, the way I would I would want to shoot it, I imagine, yeah, like 14 hours. That's that's incredible. And so. When you when you do these, I mean, do you take some time and, and like you, I, you said earlier, you had about half of uh, the stuff written for uh, the stuff you were shooting today. I mean, is that normally? Do you normally have everything kind of shoot it out? Do you even like storyboard it and all that stuff, or do you just kind of have a rough no, script and then you go? I kind of miss that. I, you know, honestly, I miss a lot of prep, and I'm I'm actually kind of working to try to because we shot. We shoot faster and faster, and there are times I'm just like, gosh, you know, I don't know if, if we if keeping this pace is is doing justice to the material. So um, we're kind of starting to slow down a little bit. I mean, honestly, that video, the Victor Marks video we, we released last week, I sat on that thing for like two weeks. I edited it, and then I walked away, and then came back and tweaked it, and then walked away, and then came back one more time. And I really prefer to to do that storyboarding. We don't have time. Uh, we just don't have time. So we run, um, three cameras, um, on virtually every scene to just get as much coverage as we can. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) It's, it's intense, man. It's, it's intense. I mean, we're shooting, we're shooting a ton of pages a day and we're doing math, you know, tons of coverage and, and just trying to get everything we can get. And then really, you know, the workflow and post is, kind of heavy to uh to really build the episode the way we want and there are some things that and we still don't always know when we've got it either because there are episodes where we're like that's the best one we've ever done and we'll release it and really average viewership and then we'll we'll, we'll do something else and be like man i don't know i don't think this is this we kind of dropped the ball on this one and the fans will go nuts over it and we'll be like okay so we don't know we don't know what <laughs> well what there's your there's there's your thing you should like uh release dvds and you do the director's cut and whatnot and exactly and, uh, <laughs> there you the, go the master's cut i guess it would be <laughs> yeah uh and so i guess in keeping with the uh I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners are like okay yada yada martial arts um so when, <laughs> when you guys are, are doing you know i guess doing the scenes is it is it hard to you know, uh, I guess pull, you know, practicality <laughs> out of some of the techniques, or is is it hard to? I mean, I, what's the goal with the martial arts? I mean, because some of them are, you know, obviously fairly comedic, and then yeah, and it, but but yeah, being a martial have, artist, it's sometimes hard to like pull that stuff out. So I mean, what's right? The goal and there? we don't we don't want to lose. We don't want to uh, forget about you know our core fan base, which are martial artists. There are plenty of people who watch the show who are not. But the majority of people who are really dedicated fans are looking for that insight and also that um, authenticity uh, of, of actually doing some martial arts moves or doing things that are based in martial arts reality. And um, sometimes we have those planned and written in. And then other times um, Joe Conway and myself will just kind of go off in a corner and be like, OK, so if we were going to do if this is about pressure points or if this episode is about uh, joint manipulation, what what's the basis of the scene that is is reality okay so we'll do it we'll do this lock or we'll do this move or that move and then from there we build the comedy on top of it yeah i you know it's funny i was going to ask you i I, i'm ashamed to say i haven't seen all the episodes uh have you done one on the no touch knockouts and have you seen that guy yeah you know uh the george dillman stuff and and there's that yeah, there's that great, there's that great a, a couple of those great, there's a, a couple of those great videos out there where they're doing that stuff where they hold up a sheet and yeah. uh, and do well, stuff. And yeah, there's the Yellow Dragon Institute as well that have some just hysterical videos out there of people just running into each other. Yeah, we did. Uh, we basically yes. Uh, the short answer is we finally dealt with that in an episode <laughs> uh, that's coming out in season three. Okay. Uh, that's one of the things we touched on. Uh, and, and that's, you know, it's great that so many of those crazy things exist because 
it just keeps giving us more and more material. As long as there are guys like that out there, we got people to make fun of. Yeah, you should uh, probably, and you probably may do, uh, just go to like uh, bullshito.com. Or yeah, those rather. guys actually messaged me through uh, through saying. YouTube, I think, um, and, and told me they really liked what what uh, what we were doing. And I told my, you know, I was familiar with their stuff too, and uh, that was flattering because I know they're really well known in terms of their uh, yeah. uh, their commentary on martial arts. Yeah, now, they, you, they, they pull uh, no punches. Let me ask you this. Are are you making a commentary, or are you just are you just having fun and 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 being funny? Yeah, no, I'm definitely making a commentary, and I and I'm trying not to be too, um, you know. I mean, part of the reason I played Ken, and a part of the reason that I write about situations that I've been part of is because I wasn't always. I wasn't always the good guy in the situation. I've said and done stupid things as a martial artist myself, but I've also witnessed a lot of bizarre things. And uh, uh, studying with Rick Pelletier, his school was um, very, very traditional. Um, one of the Aikido schools that I studied at was very traditional, where there's like no talking and, and lots wow. of bowing and very, very, very formal and speaking Japanese and, and yeah. doing things like this. And and I really I grew up that was my first experience with martial arts, so I thought that's what martial arts was. And then mm-hmm. when I began to bounce around different dojos and different gyms, I was gonna say if you did just stick and knife work, those guys are usually like garage guys that I've that I've found anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean. There's all the, and you know, ultimately, I think if you train, I think if you're doing good training, you're doing good training. But right. I, I, th- I think that, that, um, I, I, it's hard for me to speak about, I don't want to like be too judgmental about it because I know people got to make a living, people got to do what they got to do, and they have different experiences with the martial arts. But the, the simple, uh, the selling, the act of selling yeah. martial arts complicates the process in a way that I think, um, doesn't do it justice. I think when the Preach student, on, my brother. yeah, yeah, when the student is a customer, um, it changes the dynamic. It used to be that you would go to a dojo and you would ask permission to watch, and then you could, if you if you you know watched and cleaned the bathrooms for a while, you could maybe take a class, and it was an honor to to train. And now it's it's a a, a right. It seems it's it's something you pay for, and and uh, it's also very much like the entertainment business. You don't really need. A valid certification to to be an instructor or to open yeah. a dojo. You can just kind of open a dojo and and oh, yeah. say that you're a, 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 that you're an expert, and you can get students and actually probably function for decades without anyone ever really questioning your authority. And, mm. and I just think it's amazing uh, that that exists. And so yeah, it's a bit of a commentary uh, about the. I meet. So I've met some wonderful even through the show and traveling and doing my master Ken shows. I've met just some incredible martial artists with really amazing integrity and really, really, truly great training. And then I've met a lot of other really bizarre characters that end up becoming part of this uh, world of Enter the Dojo that we like to poke fun at. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I I think of even the even the kind of fringe crazies, quote unquote, um, I really think in, if as long as people are being honest with their students about the content of of what they're teaching, um, then I'm totally down for whatever you're selling. <laughs> right. Um, and that's that's the thing is that if uh, somebody sells Tai Chi as a deadly fighting art, um, then you know, well, I guess that's a matter of opinion, but generally that's not the case. So it might be it might be disappointing if that person um, it ends up in an altercation with a, with yeah. an MMA person or somebody, they, yeah. they may be disappointed in the way the Tai Chi works that, out. Well, well I mean, not just know. disappointed, but it's dangerous. I mean, if, That's if you absolutely. have much confidence, it's, <laughs> Hey, it's you know what? Of- Those glaciers don't look that dangerous, but they kill all the dinosaurs. Okay? <laughs> it just takes a while. <laughs> don't, well, don't, don't be put. Well, yeah, you know, that's one of the things that, that, uh, I actually, posted on uh, on Craigslist when I started my dojo after a little while is I said, you know, some places need customers. We want students, you know. So, I mean, I've got right. like five people that train with me <laughs> and it's enough. Yeah, and there's some great, the <laughs> there's some really great dojos that, uh, that, that become very big and successful, but I think there are just as many, if not more dojos where, uh, you know, it becomes what my, you know, one of my instructors used to call Kool-Aid karate, where it's, it's diluted. <laughs> it, it yeah. it's, it's, it's so far watered down from the original that, 
um, you're missing, you know, you're missing ultimately what the art is, even just in the fundamentals. And I think that that, you know, it, it weakens, it weakens the art, but, but it's a, it's a big conversation. And the beauty of that too, is that even just having that conversation, just referencing anything like that sets people off. I mean, uh, yes. uh every, everything that we do with the dojo is fueled by these discussions that follow the comedy and, and the comedy is always meant to, uh, to make people laugh, but also to make people kind of question like, oh, what is the, uh, what, what, what are we, what are we actually saying here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about that a lot in, uh, past shows, uh, about the, about the fact that, you know, when you, when you have to compromise to keep the doors open, you have to compromise yeah. to keep your overhead, you know, invariably you have to, you know, if you're, if you're selling so much, how much training can you be doing? You know, if you have to jump on this Absolutely. craze, to you know, like okay, it's Taibo. This so we got to do Taibo. Everyone's got to do Taibo. Now it's cardio kickboxing because I can't afford the licensing for for Taibo. All right, Zumba. now Zumba. Now we got to have you know, Zumba in your in your combat street. Zumba. You know, well, right? I, I guess <laughs> you know my thing is is that I don't necessarily see a problem with a uh, a, a karate or a kickboxing or, or whatever kind of dojo you are. If you have an afternoon cardio kickboxing class, that doesn't mean that. That your karate is is less for that, and you know I had an instructor that was was real old school, and he said he said to me once, he's like, well, probably eighty to ninety five percent of my students are just customers, they're hobbyists that they yep. enjoy what I teach and they get a good workout for it, and they feel like they're getting some self defense, and he did a good job of not making people overconfident, and then there are about ten ten to twenty percent of the students that I kind of see as that I'm mentoring in the martial arts. They're more than just customers, but they're, they're genuine students. And I really think to, to keep a dojo open. And I mean, if you really, if you want a storefront and all that stuff and, you know, try to even make a living off of it, then that's probably the situation that you have to have is that, that reality of there's, there's a small percentage of your students that are these, these real core students, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I have a friend of mine that, I mean, he had a, a nice storefront and, and, you know, he, he had like all the trappings of, mm-hmm. of a successful school and his school was successful. I mean, he turned out some good students and stuff like that, but, you know, eventually it wasn't making enough money. Yeah. And, you know, he, he had like a judo instructor come in and they, they put in a kickboxing class and, you know, they're doing all this stuff just to support, you know, their main class. Yeah. Which I support, but it's kind of like you know you went too far, and it's like well why don't you know I started I taught classes for free in the park, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I got right. three or four people with me, and I was like okay if we can if you guys can all pay X amount we can move indoors yeah and because right I think I mean, yeah. I, and I think it's a, it's an admirable pursuit because we need martial artists out there uh, who are willing to I mean it's a tough road to to run it your really own dojo is. to to be an instructor to have you know to balance your regular life with your passion for martial arts with the financial side of it and I have a lot of respect for that I think that um what you were talking about about overconfident uh is is a bit of a, another interesting issue that comes up and, and definitely comes out in Master Ken yeah. um <laughs> where there are a lot of people who teach in such a way that they seem at times like they might be leading their students to believe that they are becoming more and more lethal by the minute. And, and that is another thing that I think is, is a bit of an issue is, is um, a lot of theoretical uh, teaching about how, how lethal and how Mm -hmm. dangerous they are. And that's another thing that we have a lot of fun with. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I think that's great too, because really the more, the more you can get people to, to, to question, um, probably the, the, the better the world of, of the martial arts is going to be. Uh, cause I think it's really important to go, hmm, you know, I, why am I only allowed to spar with people that are in my school? Like, right, <laughs> I, you know, or people people who are like much worse than I am, like like the the beginner white belts. I can spar them, but I can't spar the instructor. He doesn't seem to spar anybody ever. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, and and there's a lot of stuff in the world of uh, of um, of American Kempo that I love, and then there's some stuff that comes up that at times I I I kind of pick on them a little bit, where they teach me a move, and they're like, well. We would do this for real, but it's too devastating. You're so, right. Yeah, I love so that. We, too deadly a technique. And, and yeah, and then I and then I ask around, and I'm like, okay, I asked 30 Kempo guys. Nobody's ever done this. How do you know that does it work? Do you know that it works because no one's ever experienced it? And no, so the, why the is it still in the system? Um, 
And so that, I mean, but those discussions, you know, I've had so many of those discussions with instructors and fellow students. And that, again, just ends up being more, uh, more of the stuff we can play around with. Yeah. And I really think, you know, I would prefer the answer of, honestly, I don't know. That's the way my instructor taught me. So that's the way I'm teaching you. Right. And, and you know, and I've said that. I straight up said yeah. this. Like, you know, I can't, I can't make this technique work. I understand it. It's supposed to work. Right. I've had it done on me and it hurts. Right. I can't do it. But it's the steps to, to go through it. You know, and, and I mean, and my, if nothing else, one of my students that trained with me, he's he's got a black belt and a couple of Korean styles. He did MMA for a while. He did Muay Thai, and, and he told me, he said, uh, he said, you know, you you're the most refreshing traditional martial artist I've ever met because you know you're like some of the stuff just ain't gonna work. I can't make it work. <laughs> right. You know? But but you need to know it. You need to learn it because spend it's part more of the time on it chose. because I, I'm not gonna use it. It's not gonna work for me. Right. But I need to understand that you know hey, make it work and you know my instructor will make it work and show me okay and I can pass that bit of knowledge on. But I, I mean I straight up tell him it's like I can't make that work. <laughs> right. And and like the what if guy, you know, the what if guy said like, what if you were up against somebody who who can tell what you're going to do before you do it? I said, yeah. well, you're done. Then you're <laughs> fighting Professor X, and you should stop right. being a, yeah. a, a, a supervillain. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just the, the there's a, a certain amount of confidence and in, and for lack of a better word, infallibility that an instructor has to have to you know kind of convey yes. that. But when it goes to, you know, making someone overconfident, like, you know, this is, you'll rip the ripcage out and, and gouge your eyes and do the th- and no one will be able to stop you. Well, I got news for you. Do, Some, do the old roadhouse and pull their throat out, you know? Right. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I did that after they paid, after they paid, works that way. After they paid their monthly dues and then. You, <laughs> right, um, right. Well, I've picked on the Kempo guys a lot because they're so groin obsessed. Like everything is the groin. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, kick the glove. And that was where, that was where I got the concept. I remember the first time my instructor said the words, re-stomp the groin. And I remember thinking, I've That's already it. stomped it. Why would yes. I ever need to revisit that? Like, I've already stomped his <laughs> groin. Does it need more stomping? And is there a limit to how much stomping is acceptable? Because some of the Kempo techniques have six or seven stomps in their katas and you're like, yeah. That's that's just over. We're overstomped at that. Point. Yeah, I, well, I no, say, I, I've heard him say overkill. You know, like oh, you just you just overwhelming force and overkill him. But uh, that would just tire me out. Right, I I'd have to like lay down after that. I, I would say right. you're done when they stop moving. Really, right. <laughs> but if you kick them hard enough, then they'll move a little bit, and then then it's on. Oh, you know. <laughs> Kicking them. Hey, uh, let's get back to uh, before we run out of time here. I want to talk about uh, the road shows. You've been taking Master Ken to uh, a bunch of martial arts co- conventions and stuff like that. And, yes. Uh, some of those videos have ended up on YouTube and are side-splittingly hilarious. The yeah. way I mean, uh, the one I saw you like called out like Frank Dukes, and uh, I, I could tell the look on his face. He was not a happy man when you said it. So that was that was <laughs> fun. I got I got invited to um, the Mar- a martial arts Hall of Fame event, um, and I got really excited about it. And then I I looked it up, and I was like, oh wait, there's a ton of martial arts halls of fame. I didn't know there was like a hundred of them. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, and and so I looked them up, and they said, well, you know. We just we want you to come out to be we're fans of the show and we just want to hear your acceptance speech. And so I got a list of the guys who were who were going to be there and just roasted the heck out of them. And that was that was really fun. They were all really for the most part. What's that? Was that a little scary? A little bit. There was there was two or three jokes that I didn't know if I was going to say until I was up at the podium (laughs) because I was like, okay, those couple are pushing it. That's that's kind of that's because I didn't. I felt kind of bad about making fun of uh, Bill Wallace only having one testicle, and um, you know, <laughs> I said a few said a few things were in the moment where I thought, oh man, I I, I hope I can get out of here. Yeah. Um, but but it, honestly, everyone's been a really great sport, and I think it's because 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 Master Ken is a character, and because Ameridote <laughs> is its own satellite martial art that represents elements of all the other martial arts. Yeah. I think that it allows people to take it more in good fun, whereas if I was Going up there as a Kempo guy or a Taekwondo guy, I think people oh. would be more offended. Yeah. Um, but you could you could sort of rip off your mustache and say, "Oh no, Master Ken said that, not me." Right, right. It's just a joke. <laughs> I swear. Uh, uh, run, but run around yeah, the, the corner. Live, the live shows have been uh, great. I, I've gone to. Uh, I've done a few shows here in the U.S. I'm going back to the U.K. in October for a week, uh, doing the Martial Arts Expo and a few shows before and after. Oh, and basically, crazy. what we do are these, uh, we call them seminars. We do Ameridote seminars 
uh, that are basically like, like hour long interactive comedy shows. And I teach everybody the thrust of freedom and the kill face and the, the hurricane and, uh, <laughs> and they have a great time and it's, it's, it's a blast. And then we just played, uh, we just opened for the martial arts super show in Vegas at the Palazzo, Palazzo theater to a thousand people. And, and that was pretty much one of the biggest venues we've, we've ever done. Oh, that's excellent. So yeah. do you, is there a place that people can get swag? Like, you know, gear, yeah, um, Master Ken gear. Yeah, we have a website, enterthedojoshow.com, where you can get some merchandise. And then I'm try- I don't know if I'm supposed to announce this or not, but I mean, it's Uh-oh. the deal is signed. We're gonna have. It's probably fine. We're gonna have um, Enter the Dojo gear is gonna be in the in the holiday catalog uh, of Century uh, this uh, oh. in oh. in October. Excellent. Yeah, so so it'll be much easier because we're not really we're not really a product distribution company, and so we've had a hard time. We've done our best, but like you know, we have t-shirts and sweatshirts, and we don't offer much, and it takes us you know it, it, we're not really set up to do this. So um, we we do a few orders at a time, but mm-hmm. um, we'll be able to get products out to fans in a much more efficient way starting in the fall. So, oh, so can I get the uh, sleeveless gi? Do, are they going to have one of those or? You know, that one's an original. We're going to hang on to that one. Although some people have been making their own. When I went to the UK, two guys had just made their own Master Ken and wore them to my seminar. They were such big fans. It's amazing. Fantastic. I mean, well, do you do you have people who uh, recognize you, like, on the street, like, without the, the, Never. the mustache? And... No? Never. <laughs> no, like, without that, because I wear glasses, too. I, I tend not to wear my contacts. So with glasses, no mustache, and without the hair fix, nobody ever recognizes <laughs> Just like Superman. Exactly. That's that's my Clark Kent kind of thing. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Hey, uh, you said you were on Twitter. Uh, What is the Twitter address? Oh, let me make sure I give it to you right. Master Ken is only newly on Twitter. Um, I've been using a bit of Facebook. Because he keeps breaking the keyboards every time he types. Right, yeah. It's it's, uh, (laughs) hard to buy new computers every week. It's um, uh, at Master American, A-M... E R I K E N. American. Yeah, Master American. Brilliant. And uh, uh, yeah, posting stuff on on that Master Ken. He's at his limit for friends on Facebook, but I'm probably going to change that to a fan page soon so that people can. But people can follow Master Ken currently, um, and I post all the stuff on there. We have the Enter the Dojo Facebook, um, and then of course the YouTube uh, channel, YouTube.com/slash Enter the Dojo Show, where we release all the videos we do. Excellent. Well, hey, uh, Matt Page of Enter the Dojo, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to uh, from your busy schedule, getting that Season 3 uh, out. When does Season 3 actually start? Has it already started? Uh, no, it hasn't started yet. We are going to be releasing episodes uh, through Thanksgiving uh, of some form of Tiger Wisdoms or Bullshit Videos or, or the this new Master Ken's Privates. Um we haven't set a solid release date yet for season three, so it will either be middle of the fall or we might wait. I know this would uh, aggravate people, but we might wait until after the holidays because once Thanksgiving hits, um, everybody's so busy. It's like it's really hard to get the viewership up um, during right. that during that time. So we're trying to decide if we're going to sneak a few episodes out before Thanksgiving or if we're just going to do a big launch in January. We'll announce that soon. Cool, cool. Well, we're definitely going to be looking forward to it, and uh, uh, we hope you can get you back on the show uh, real soon when you uh, absolutely have anything else to talk about. Uh, he, maybe we can have Master Kin come on sometime. That would be fantastic. That, he loves to talk about himself. You should, you should have him on. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, when we were setting this up, I wasn't sure if we were going to get Matt Page or Master Ken. And, uh, I was excited either way. So, yeah, but we got to break it to Master Ken that we'd like to have him in the Hall of Fame. But again, there's a weight requirement. He's still a little too thin. Yeah, give him some time. Give him some time. <laughs> uh, Matt, thanks for having us on the show, and uh, we look forward to seeing talking to you again. And we look forward to the next season of Enter the Dojo. Oh, thanks for having me, man. That was a great time. fun man let me tell you i i don't know how much time i've wasted on enter the dojo i, I mean <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and 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 wait uh, Matt, i'm not kidding I, I mean i didn't mean wasted i mean right uh, 
inappropriately. Right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I he just walked out. He uh, and slammed the door quietly. Uh, it's 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 a great show. It's it's a great concept. It's you know anyone who's listened to our podcast knows that we don't really take ourselves too seriously, and uh, and why? Because we don't really want to be like Master well, Ken. <laughs> and you know, I think one of the things I like most is that there's there's kind of truth and satire to some degree, and it's I think it's good for for everyone, not just martial artists, to make fun of themselves every once in a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's it's kind of funny because when uh, they came back in the second season and he was he was wearing a ponytail. You know, I started growing my hair out after I moved to Austin. <laughs> you wanted to be like Master Ken? And uh, well, no, and and then and then uh, the first episode back that I caught, I was like, oh my gosh, she's got a ponytail now. I've got to cut my hair. And, uh, <laughs> but, but my gi still has sleeves, uh, as as we said. So you know, it's it's going to be, ah. it's 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 good as a martial art instructor to kind of have that sort of, you know, humbling like he did at the at the. Uh, the Hall of Fame induction he was at when he when he humbled the instructors and oh, it, it just they, yeah they've got to just you know take them and 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 so he's helping you know he's helping grow the martial arts as oh, well as sure. help you know us stay humble as martial artists and martial arts instructors and that was great yeah that yeah. was great uh, well that was another great episode of Karate Cafe we're gonna kind of keep it uh, short we're gonna have Dan back hopefully we'll have some more great interviews coming for you and. Yes, I've said it before, but we'll we'll try to get on a more of a regular schedule. Yeah, Dan, it was great having you back on again. Yeah, and thanks. It was good to talk to you again. That's good. You know, I think there's probably some fresh snacks down in the green room now, so okay. get, get back down there. <laughs> and we'll talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.